Hello everyone. Welcome to Thus Said the Lord Online Radio, where preaching and propagating Christ is our business. My name is Lazarus. Thank you so much for taking the time to join with us. We serve a wonderful God, a miracle-working God, a loving God who doesn't love us based on the things that we have done, but loves us based on who He is, because He is love Himself. Doesn't matter what you're going through in life. Doesn't matter what people may have said about you or may have said to you. God loves you. And that will never change. Regardless of where you go, what you do, God loves you. Of course, the love of God does not license us to live in sin. Because the wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. You know, God is not mocked. Man will reap what he sows. As long as the earth remains, sowing and reaping will always be there. So if I sow bad seeds, I will have a bad harvest. Doesn't need You don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure that one out. If you plant millets, if you put millet seeds in the ground, you'll get millets. If you put apple seed in the ground, you'll get apples. If you put bad seed in the ground, you'll get bad harvest. That's how it works. But God loves us regardless. And... I just want to encourage us today, you know, to keep on drawing closer to God. A lot of things happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of things happen when we draw closer to God. Our perspective on life changes when we draw closer to God. Remember, Jesus said, if you um, draw near to me or if you dwell in me and my words dwell in you, you can ask the Father anything and it shall be done unto you. It shall be done for you. He said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So whatever you desire, the key is to dwell in his presence. The key is to draw near to God. And a lot of things happen. Our perspective, the way we look at things, the way we actually carry ourselves out begins to change when we draw clear, closer to God. I want to read Psalm 73 to you. I'm going to read the entire chapter. It has 28 verses. So sit back, relax, get your Bible if you can so you can follow. I'm reading from the TPT. Okay? And it reads as follows. I feel I need to read the whole, the entire chapter so that you may be able to get the essence of what we're talking about. Our broadcasts are not just for the sake of saying something, you know. Um, we, we do this broadcast because we believe it is the word that God wants to bring across to you. And therefore, we want to do it the way we believe he wants us to do it. If it means to read the, to read the entire chapter, and so be it. And this is the, the word of God that has been written for us. And the most important thing is that you get understanding. The Bible says get wisdom. You know, wisdom is the principal thing. Get it. And in all you're getting, get understanding. We need to get understanding of the word of God. Because when we get this understanding of God's word, it makes it easy for us to apply it in our lives. And when we apply the word of God in our lives, it begins to change the way we live. It, it, it changed the way, you know, we look at things. It, it changes, changes everything. And you will see the psalmist here that what I'm talking about, what happened to him when he began to draw closer to God, when he began to draw closer to him, the way we look at things begins to change. And we're able to live the lives that are pleasing to God. We're able to know the will of God, which is the utmost important thing. The utmost important thing on earth is to do the will of God. 
Okay, there's nothing that is more important than doing the will of the Father. The the fact that you are still alive and you are still well where you are is because God has given you a chance to do His will. Don't waste the chance that God has given you. Don't waste the days that God has given you. You know, and start pursuing the will and purpose of God when you are 60, 70 years old. You know, when you're at that age, you're 60 or 70 years old, you know, the government renders you no longer, in inverted commas, useful. That's why they say go on pension. Why? Because you've spent most of your um, uh, days, most of your working days, most of the days where you, you, you will, you'll still be strong and your active days, you spend your active days. So they, you are rendered to be no more in inverted commas needed in the in the working class uh, because you ran out of strength. You know, it's like in a in a in a rugby match or in a soccer match um, when the coach makes a substitution because he sees that that player is no longer useful in the field. So let me take that player out and replace him with the one another player that has energy so that the team can have you know enough advantage to win the game. So that's what happens when, when we grow older and we reach 60, 70 years old, we go on pension. Why? Because we're no longer that strong. We're no longer fit for the job. So let us not waste our days that God has given us while we are strong, while we are still active, and and you know start saving God or doing the will of God when we are when we are old and the government renders us no longer active. Okay. Please do not do not misunderstand me. I'm not saying that the elderly people are not useful. That is not what I'm saying because that would not be true at all. But the example that I'm trying to show you is that while we are still active, that's why people go on pension when they are 60, 70 years old because they are physically they're no longer that strong. Physically they're no longer that active. They've spent their active days. They've spent uh, their, their, their time um, they are youthful years, okay? Let me put it that way. And uh, they are no longer, they won't be able to be as effective as they were before. That is just the reality of life. So I say this because fulfilling the plan and purpose of God for our lives is everything, you know. Um, this, the world system has its ways of doing things and God has his ways of doing things. Let us not allow this world to squeeze us into its mold to a point whereby we are dictated by what the world wants. We should never be dictated by what the world wants or, why, or by what the world says because what the world says is against what God says. That, that's what the Bible says. To be mind, to be carnally minded is death and to be spiritually minded is, is life in Christ Jesus. Praise be unto the Lord. So let us gear up to fulfill the plan and purpose of God for our lives. Remember Jesus gave gave um, an example where he said, um, it's not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, who will enter the kingdom of God, but it is those who do the will of the Father. And some will come and say, Lord, in your name, I preached your word. In your name, I healed people. In your name, I cast out devils. And, and he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Why? Because they failed to do the will of God. Find out what the will of God for your life is and get busy. Get busy with the will of God. 
you know, you may be unpopular with people due to your pursuit of God. Okay, you may look foolish due to your pursuit of God, your pursuit of fulfilling the will and the plan of God for your life. Do not be worried about what the people say. Had Noah been concerned about what the people were saying, he would have never built the ark. And it was the will of God. It was the plan of God. It was the assignment of God for Noah to build the ark. Just imagine what would have, what would have happened to Noah had he failed to obey God. He would have probably perished with everyone else. You know, you know um, what Noah was doing looked foolish until it started to rain. When it started to rain, that's when those who were mocking him, those who were making fun of him, began to realize that this guy was on a mission. He was on a mission, on a serious mission. And they perished, but Noah was saved. Let us determine in our hearts to pursue God, to follow the plan and purpose of God for our lives. Now, uh, we're going to read from Psalm, Psalm 73. And it says, I'm reading from the TPT, the Passion Translation from verse 1. It says, no one can deny it. God is really good to Israel and to all those with pure hearts. Okay, this is an undeniable truth. God is good to Israel. That God is a good God. God is good to Leslie. God is good to Thomas. God is good to Sarah. God is good to whoever your name is. God is good. But I nearly missed seeing it for myself. Okay, this guy has just been honest. And I like the honesty in this guy. I like the, the, the open-hearted, open-heartedness of this guy. So he says, I know. Okay, and it, this is an undeniable truth that God is good to Israel. God is good to his people. He's a good God. He's, he's, a, he's, he's a covenant-keeping God. He's, 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 a, he's a, you know, loving God. So that is an undeniable truth. Here's my story, says the psalmist. I narrowly missed losing it all. So this guy nearly missed it. He nearly lost it. Okay. And like I said, I like the way he's been open and the way he's been honest. He's just telling it as it is, how he was feeling um, because of what he was experiencing, because of what was going on and what he was going through. So he said, I was stumbling over what I saw with the wicked. For when I saw the boasters with such wealth and prosperity, I became jealous over their smug security, indulging in whatever they wanted going where they wanted, doing what they wanted, and with no care in the world, no pain, no problems, they seemed to have it made. They lived as though life would never end. They didn't even try to hide their pride and opulence. Cruelty and violence is part of their lifestyle. Pampered and pompous, vice oozes from their souls. They overflow with vanity. They are such snobs, looking down their noses. They even scoff at God. They are nothing but bullies threatening God's people, loud mouths with no fear of God, pretending to know it all, windbags full of hot air, impressing only themselves. Yet the people keep coming back to listen to more of their nonsense. They tell their cohorts, God will never know. See, he has no clue of what he's doing. These are the wicked ones I'm talking about. 
they never have to lift a finger, living a life of ease while their riches multiply. Have I been foolish to play by the rules and keep my life pure? Here I am, suffering under your discipline day after day. I feel like I'm being punished all day long. If I had given in to my pain and spoken of what I was really feeling, it would have sounded like unfaithfulness to the next generation. When I tried to understand it all, I just couldn't. It was too puzzling, too much of a riddle to me. You see, I mean, this is just too much. And I, what I like about this guy is that he's being honest. He's just being brutally honest. And he's just opening his heart and saying, I watched the wicked. The wicked are increasing in wealth. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like this or ever had a, a thought like this where you see people that don't care about God. Okay? They 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 scoff at God. You know, they, they act as though God is not alive. They've got no fear for God. They live their life as if there's no, you know, life will never end. You know, and their wealth keep on increasing. They're getting wealthier and wealthier. And yet they have nothing to do with God. They don't worship God. They don't regard God. They don't respect God. They have nothing to do with God. And yet life seems to be going well for them. And here you are. You worship God. You follow God. And things are just a mess for you. Have you ever, have you ever, you know, thought about that? How is this? How is this that I'm serving God and I'm struggling? How is it that I'm pursuing, I'm determined to do the will of God over the person that doesn't even care about God? And he seems to be doing well. He seems to be driving around in big cars, living in big houses, having a lot of money and, you know, splashing out on, on all sorts of useless things. And yet here you are, you can't even have enough, you know, to, to, to do what you feel is in your heart to serve God and to feed the poor. It is in your heart to feed the poor, to, you know, to, to buy sanitary pads for those little girls that cannot afford to do good in the society. Why is it like that? Why is it like that? That's what the psalmist is saying. He said, you know, I nearly, I narrowly missed it. I almost gave up. I almost quit. I almost backslid. Because it doesn't make sense to me that I am serving the greater I am. Remember what verse 1 said. That it is an undeniable truth. I don't want to say it's a fact. Because a fact can be changed. But a truth can never change. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? And he changes not. So the truth can never change. The truth always remains. The fact can change. Facts change from time to time. But the truth does not change. So it's an undeniable truth that God is good to Israel. God is good to his people. But why are his people struggling? If God is good to his people, why are his people struggling? And those who don't care about him appear to be doing well. I don't know if you've ever asked yourself this question, but I've asked myself this question a number of times. I really did. And until God led me to this psalm and I began to see things differently. And that's why we always keep saying to you that when, whenever we draw closer to God, our perspective on life begins to change. God wants us to have a different perspective on life, okay, compared to the people of the world, the system of the world, the Babylonian system. God doesn't want us to have the same perspective towards life as the people of the world because they are lost. They are lost. They don't know God, okay, and you do. But listen to what it says in verse 17. It says, but then one day I was brought into the sanctuaries of God and in the light of glory my distorted perspective 
vanished. Okay, that's uh, that's extremely important to note because that is a turning point. That is a turning point right there. So this guy had a, a perspective, but the, the perspective that he had was not the godly perspective. He saw things from a different point of view. All of us, whether we are saved or not, we have a perspective through which we look at things. Okay, there is a God, there's two, actually, there's only two perspectives. There's God's perspective and there's a world's perspective. You're either looking at things from your perspective, the world's perspective, or from God's perspective. When we grow up in this world, we are taught about the perspective of the world. The perspective of the world says, love those who love you. That is the perspective of the world. The perspective of the world says, if you want to make it, you fake it until you make it. That is the perspective of the world. It says that, you know, you can steal, you can you can um, uh, do things in a crooked way. You know, you don't have to be honest with your books where you're running your business. You don't have, no, that's, that's the system of this world, okay? That is the perspective of this world. The perspective of this world says you can cheat. The perspective of this world says, you know, you, you can do things. If, if it feels good, then do it, you know? The perspective, of, the perspective of this world says, take revenge. If someone hits you, hits them back. You know, eye for an eye. That is the perspective of the world. Okay, the perspective of the world is full of jealousy. Jealousy. The perspective of the world is full of lust. That, this is, that is how the world does things. Okay? And what I like about this, guys, is when I went into the sanctuaries of God, and in the light of glory, my distorted perspective vanished. So this guy had a perspective. Remember, this guy is a Christian. If we were to call it in today's terminology, this guy is a Christian. Okay, this guy follows God. This guy fears God, and you know he pursue, He's pursuing God. You know he's he's a godly man. Okay, he's not a sinner somewhere there who doesn't care about God. No, he, this is this is the man that fears God. This is the man that that follows God, that serves God. All right, this is the woman that pursues God. The woman that 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 that, that wants to do things God's way. And this is what is happening to him. This is what is happening to her. But the Bible says, when I went into the sanctuaries of God in the light of, of his glory, then that wrong perspective, that distorted perspective, it's a perspective, but it's a distorted one. It's a way of looking at things, but it's a corrupt one. It's a corrupt way of looking at things. It says, when I went into the presence of God, that's basically what he's saying. When I went into the presence of God, that distorted perspective, that distorted way of looking at things vanished. Okay? It means my eyes were now open. Remember the, the servant of Elisha? When um, the armies were coming to attack them, and God said, uh, Elisha prayed to God, he said, God, please open his eyes. When God opened uh, Elisha's servant's eyes, Gehazi, when he opened his eyes, he was able to see something that he, he, he couldn't see prior to his eyes being opened. So he had to get a different perspective. It was only when Gehazi got a different or received a different perspective that he was able to see differently. Even the psalmist noticed that it was when he went into the presence of God that he was able to see things differently. That distorted perspective vanished. 
So then he gained a different perspective. Remember, God says, my, my, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. So my perspective is not your perspective. The way we look at things, as long as we look at them from the world's point of view, it's completely different to the way God looks at them. And that's why it's, it, it is extremely, extremely important to have our minds renewed with the word of God. Why? Because the word of God will give us the correct perspective. It will not give us the distorted perspective. The world feeds us with the distorted perspective. But God, the word of God, gives us the godly perspective through which we need to look at things. So this man, notice that he went into the presence of God. And upon going into the presence of God, that's when things began to change for him. My brother, my sister. It is extremely important for us to make it a habit to be in the presence of God. We will never win in life, in our walk with God, in our Christian life. We will never win in our Christian lives if we do not spend quality time in the presence of God. Notice what happened to him. Notice how the, 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 that distorted perspective vanished and what happened to him. Now He said, then I understood. That's why we say get understanding. Get understand. The Bible says, get wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Get it. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Look, this man went into the presence of God. The distorted perspective vanished. And then he began to understand. So he couldn't understand as long as he, he was away from the presence of God. He only began to understand when he came closer to God. We begin to we, 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 we can only start to understand when we draw closer to God. That is why God keeps on saying, draw closer to me and I'll draw closer to you. Jesus said, if you dwell in me and my words dwell in you, then you can ask the Father anything and shall be done for you. Delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. When you draw closer to God, okay, when you when you make him your priority, when you when you when you make his presence your habitation. Everything begins to change. Look at how things begin to change for the psalmist. Look at how the perspective changed. And because the perspective changed, he began to understand. Now he began to see from God's point of view. He began to see it at, 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 at the way in which God looks at things. So he said, um, I then understood. It's powerful. I understood the destiny of that of the wicked, that the destiny of the wicked was near. They are the ones who are honestly prepared. And God will suddenly let them slide off into destruction to be consumed with terrors forever. It will be an, ist, an instant end to their life of ease. A blink of an eye and they are swept away by sudden calamity. They are all nothing more than monetary monarchs, soon to disappear like a dream when one awakes. When the roaster crows, Lord God, you will despise their life of fantasies. When I saw all this, what turmoil, filled, what turmoil filled my heart, piercing my opinions with, with your truth. I was so stupid. I was senseless and ignorant, acting like a brute beast before the Lord. Yet, in spite of all this, you comfort me with your counsel. You draw me closer to you. You lead me with your secret wisdom. And following you, brings me into your brightness and glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? You are all I want. No one on earth means as much to me as you. Lord, so many times I fail. I fail, I fall into disgrace. Yet, but when I trust in you, 
I have strong and glorious presence protecting and anointing me. Forever, you're all I need. Those who abandon the worship of God will perish. The false and unfaithful will be silenced. Never heard from again. But I'll keep coming closer and closer to you, Lord Yahweh, for your name is good to me. I'll keep telling the world of your awesome works, my faithful and glorious God. Look at how this man's perspective began to change. At, at first, he was complaining to God. He was complaining that the people that don't serve him are doing well and he's struggling. Basically, that's what he was saying. And that is the reality. That is the reality of what we face. That is the reality of what we see. Okay? But when we draw closer to God, look at how this man changed. Look at how his life changed when he drew closer to God. You know, um, I remember I complained to God about the similar thing. That God, I'm saving you. I've sacrificed so much to follow you and to pursue you. But look at my life. Look at those who don't care about you, who live recklessly. But look at how, how, how they prosper. Look at how things are going well for them. Until God led me to this psalm, and I began to see, and I began to understand. Not that I am wishing for uh, bad things to happen to the sinners. God loves them. But you see, we reap what we sow. Okay? That is just the undeniable truth. We reap what we sow. As much as I love those who live in sin, God loves them as well. God is love. God loves every single human being. He hates the sin, but he loves the human being. He loves the individual. He hates the sin. And it is our job. It's our duty to preach the gospel to them, to tell them about the saving, the, the saving grace of Christ so that they can be saved from the path that they're in because they are destined for hell. If they don't repent, they don't make their lives right with God, they're going to die in hell. And God doesn't want anybody, any human being to perish. Okay? But this man, I, I understand his complaint because I had a similar complaint as well, say, as I said before. But, you know, God being loving and patient, and merciful, he drew my attention to this psalm and it completely changed everything for me. It changed the way I look at life. You know, I want to look at life from God's perspective, from God's point of view, not from the world's perspective, because the world's perspective is a distorted perspective. Now, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of being one and with God and keeping company with him. The reason why God wants us to draw near to him and become one with him is not necessarily for his benefit, but it's for ours. It is for our benefit. A lot of things begin to change when, um, when we draw near to God. The way we look at things, the way we, we, we do life itself begins to change. The way we look at other people, the way we treat other people begins to change when you draw closer to God. Sometimes, you know, you look at people on the streets begging at the robots, and you, you say, you know what, this guy is disabled, he's earning, he's earning a grant, he's getting a grant, so why does he want more money? Okay, you, you don't have that compassion for that individual. Why? Because it could be that your heart has grown cold towards God. But when you draw near to God, you're going to love what God loves. You're going to hate what God hates. You're going to, 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 to that compassion that moved Jesus will begin to move you as well. Why? Because you are near to him. You, you begin to see from his perspective. Now, God said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways in, in Isaiah 55 verse 8. 
you know it's only when you go into the sanctuary into god's presence by spending time with him that your view on life will begin to change a lot of worries you know as human beings we like to worry uh, we entertain worry a lot a lot of worries will begin to fade away when you get into the presence of god make the presence of god your residential address you know let it be where you are found he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of them of, of the who, he who dwells in the secret place yes shall abide under the shadow of the most high you know um when we make it our habitation when we make it our residential uh, uh, address you know let it be known where you reside that you are found in the presence of god samuel Samuel discovered the plan and purpose of God for his life when he was in the presence of God. He learned to hear the voice of God when he was in the presence of God. A lot of a lot of things happen when we get into the presence of God. When we get into the sanctuary, you know, when we get closer to him, the, to getting into the sanctuary speaks about getting into his presence. Give yourself time to spend with God. Let it be a habit instead of having a habit of smoking a habit of uh, swearing a habit of eating too much why don't you have a habit of spending time with god a lot of things will fall into perspective if we can just make it a habit to spend time with god in his presence draw near to him draw near to god and it will change everything just like it changed everything for the psalmist it will change everything for you father we bless you you are a good god lord we thank you for speaking to us the men in which you do you speak to us like this because you love us you want to help us so that we can reach our destinies and become all that you've called us to be the most important thing for us is to do your will we don't want to find ourselves in a situation where we stand before you lord and we have been told depart from me you workers of iniquity because i never knew you simply because of having failed to do your will teach us to do your will reveal yourself to us show us what your will is for our lives lord for all our listeners across this world show each and every one of them what your will is what your plan is for their lives i pray for the god that you give all of us the desire to know you the desire to pursue you the desire to want to spend time with you because it is when we spend time with you when we are in your presence and spending time with you that perspective on life begins to change we thank you for such for being such a great god thank you for your integrity and a covenant keeping god we bless you father we love you and we honor you thank you for loving us and being patient with us and helping us we bless you and we honor you it is in jesus name that we pray amen